Today we are in the series entitled, What's the Word? What's the Word? What's the Word? And, and each week what we're doing is we're sharing um, one word, one word that the Holy Spirit uh, places in our hearts. And um, we're sharing a word that God wants to do to you, that God wants to do through you, and God wants to do for you. And uh, this word, one word, is breakout. Would you say that word with me, breakout? Break out. See, so often uh, what we are uh, doing is that many times we talk about breakthrough, but this word breakout is different than the word breakthrough because uh, it's not the same because when you, when you break through, what you're doing is many times you're overcoming an obstacle that has impeded uh, your progress. But most of what breakthrough requires is a change of mind. It, most of what a breakthrough requires is that you begin to decide that you're no longer willing to live or take or receive or accept less. But uh, the problem is oftentimes when you talk about a, a, a breakthrough, uh, your mind is blocking you from seeing your potential. And I'll give you a perfect example that someone who is born poor now all of a sudden break out of that cycle and they succeed. That's a breakthrough. It's a mind change. Someone who uh, is uneducated, but yet they're able to overcome the obstacles and they are, can get to a level of success, uh, that is a breakthrough. But a breakout is different than a breakthrough because um, a breakout is a force that breaks you out from a condition that has tried to limit you. And one, a breakthrough, it requires a change of mind but the other one requires a force of power. And so uh, today, uh, I want to really uh, focus on the one that requires a force of power, break out. Because on the day of Pentecost, when they were in the house, they were afraid of the Jews, Jesus' disciples. The Bible says that the power of God came into the house and that there was a, it was a sound like a rushing mighty wind and it fell on everybody that was in the house. See, that was a breakout. Because they, 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 it wasn't a change of their mind, but there was a force that came that changed the atmosphere that was in the place. Another uh, example of a breakout is when the children of Israel were, were in uh, Egypt and they were uh, enslaved. And, and, and as they were... Uh, uh, enslaved, they had, a, they had a promise from God, and their promise was that God would give them a land, but they had an enemy that was trying to limit them. And uh, the Bible tells us that God sent his power in one day, and they came out just in one day, overnight, in one day, they came out with the silver and the gold, and the Bible says no one was sick among them. That's a breakout, because there was a force that came in that changed the atmosphere that changed their life. And so today, God is speaking that he wants to do something to you. He wants to do something through you. And he wants to do something for you. Now, if you want that, would you say, that's me? That's me. Glory to God. And so uh, let's take a look at that. Uh, we're going to look at it in the book of Exodus chapter 1. And I'm going to read this morning out of the New Living Translation. Because this is... Uh, a breakout that occurred and uh, God had promised uh, a land to Abraham and he had promised the land to Abraham and his, his family, his descendants. And 
later, um, Abraham had some grandsons. <laughs> and uh, his grandsons went into Egypt. And they went into Egypt at a time of a famine. And what God did is that God raised up their brother to be second in command in Egypt. So he had these grandchildren. These grandchildren went into uh, Egypt and there was a famine and uh, their brother Joseph he was the second in command very powerful man that helped the country through its greatest famine now the Bible tells us in the book of uh, Exodus uh, chapter 1 we're going to start in verse 5 Exodus chapter 1 verse 5 come on let's read that together like you know it is a word of his power now and all Jacob had 70 descendants in Egypt, including Joseph, who was already there. So notice this, 70 people, 70 people went into Egypt. 70 people went into Egypt, only 70 of them. Let's keep reading verse 6 together. Now, in time, Joseph and all of his brothers died, ending that entire generation. But their descendants, the Israelites, had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. They multiplied greatly, the Bible says. And then they multiplied greatly and they became what? They became what? And what did they do as they became powerful? They filled the land. They became powerful and they filled the land. Let's keep reading together now. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Well, wait a minute now. We can see that there's a problem right here. Why? It's because God had done so many great things for them, but they stopped talking about them. They stopped uh, sharing what God had done. They, they became silent. Notice this, that God had made them powerful. That God had caused them to field the, the, the land. But they stopped talking about what God had done. You know, when I was in, in uh, Louisiana, I just got, there's a song that, that, that the choir used to sing. Look what the Lord has done. I mean, man, I tell you, I, I love that song. They began to, it's a testimony. See, at Elm Grove, Louisiana, in, Baton, in, uh, in Elm Grove, Louisiana, New Zion Baptist Church. Uh, and, but that, that, was, that song is a testimony, is a testimony, is a declaration of what God had done. Let's start at the top and let's read it one more time in verse 8, and then let's go on to verse 10. Let's read it together now. Eventually, a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. Look at the plot, the plot, the plot, the plot. So now they've got a promise, but they've got a plot against their promise. And they've got a problem that is trying to come against their promise. And so what they've got is they've got a promise by God. God says that I'm going to give you a land. But now they've got a problem. And that problem is the Pharaoh who is plotting against their promise. Let's start at the top and let's read it again. Verse 10 together. Now, we must make a plan to keep them from... Mm -hmm. we, 
They will join our enemies and fight against us. They will escape. They will break out from the country. They will break out from what confines them. They will break out of the atmosphere that we have created to keep them down in. They will break out of it. So we've got to get a plan to keep them from growing even though they are powerful and not only are they powerful, but they're filling our land. And so he devises a plan. But the beautiful thing about it is that their promise is only limited by the atmosphere that they are willing to live within. Ooh, I better say that again. Your promise is only limited by the atmosphere that you're willing to live in. Now, I want you to kind of take that to heart because we're going to see something here. Because what happens is that God speaks to Moses and he says to Moses, he says, Moses, this is something I want you to do. And uh, come on, let's read. Uh, we're going to read it out of Exodus chapter 3 verse 7 and 8, because I want to make sure that you get this passage and what God has, uh, was speaking over them and what God was doing for them. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 and 8, let's read it together now. Then the Lord told him, who did the Lord tell that to? He told it to Moses. God is speaking to Moses. Now, uh, as God speaks to Moses, he tells him, let's read it together now. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. Now, so notice this, that God speaks to Moses and he says, I've heard their cry. I have seen their oppression. I am going to go and rescue them. Now, now, now notice this. What happened? He hears their cry and he sees their oppression. Notice this, that uh, when, you, when, you, when you hear a sound, you can tell what that sound means even before you see where the sound is coming from. Okay? Have you ever been to a ball game and you left early and you had not made it to your car yet and you were in the parking lot and then you hear a sound that's coming from the stadium? You can tell by the sound what that sound, what had happened. So there's a sound that you can hear, sound that you can hear. And you can tell what is going on by the sound that you hear. So God heard the sound. He began to see the oppression of his people. Mm. And then God says that I've got to rescue them. And this is a beautiful uh, picture because the word rescue it means to be delivered from what confines you. So God says, I got to break them out. <laughs> I got to break them out. And, and, and what I believe is that God is setting you up for something big. And it's important for you to recognize that every day at all times, they're not equal. Not all times are equal every day, but some days are destiny moments. And what, do you, what that simply means is that what you do at one moment, it affects the rest of the moments that might occur in your life. 
And a decimal moment, moment is when earth time it now comes into alignment with heaven's time. And when heaven's time and earth time is in alignment with one another, then that is a destiny moment. And right here at this particular time that the children of Israel, God's family, is about to experience a destiny moment. And what they do at that particular time will determine the rest of their moments. So, 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 so when we look at that and then we recognize that every now and then what happens is that Heaven time and earth time comes together, and we kind of can, can refer to that as synchronicity. Synchronicity is when more than one thing is happening at the same time. But how many of you know that they did not see fully what was happening, but God was working out a plan while the enemy was working out his plot? And as God was working out his plan while this enemy is working out his plot, God sends a man at a certain moment with the word in his mouth that will release a destiny moment and all that uh, uh, received it, it changed the rest of their lives. And, and so when we look at that and we begin, we begin to recognize that, uh, the, I, I'll say it like this, that there was a shalom blessing that God was releasing upon the children of Israel. It was a shalom blessing. Let me just kind of give you this because there's a two part to a, a shalom best blessing. Uh, the first uh, part is that everything you need is present. Everything you need is already there. That's a shalom blessing. And, 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 and so every, all the money you need is already there. Uh, everybody you need is already there. All the strength you need is already there. That's the first part. The second part is that everything that is hindering you is absent. Now, that gets me to shout right away simply because that there are times that you have recognized that what you need was already there, but you were fighting in the middle of it. But see, in a shalom blessing, you don't have to fight. Why? It's because everything you need is already there. But everything that hinders you is absent and it's not there. So you don't have to fight to have access to everything that you need. So, 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 so follow me here. So destiny moment is that it's a moment where everything you need is present and you don't have to fight. And that destiny moment is a breakout moment. It's a breakout moment. But if you miss your blessing, that there are a couple of things that uh, we'll experience because we can see that uh, because God had delivered them uh, uh, from Egypt. And as he had delivered them from Egypt, there was something powerful that took place is that uh, they began to uh, enjoy that moment, but they would not, as he said when he uh, moved them there, he says, remember the Lord your God when you come into your goodly houses. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you the power to live the life that you're living, to establish his covenant. So he says that I've given you the power to get wealth to establish uh, my covenant. And so he says, remember the Lord your God. Multiple times he told them to remember me. But it came a moment where they forgot what he had done, who he was, and the moment that they had experienced that would change the rest of their lives. And as a result of forgetting that they missed out on the perpetualness of that blessing. And so rather recognizing that everything that I need is already present, that what hindered them uh, was not absent simply because they had missed the blessing. And, and so notice, notice what happened. They, when, you, when you recognize that that's something that had happened in their own lives, 
and, and you began to follow uh, their story, then we began to see that there was a generation that grew up that did not know what the Lord had done for their parents. And Judges chapter 6 says it even got worse because everybody did what was right in their own eyesight. So notice this, when there's not a sound, when the church becomes quiet, when the atmosphere of his presence, when the atmosphere of praise, when the atmosphere of worship, then what happens is that we begin to agree with the spirit that we're trying to overcome. Let me show you something here. There are a couple of things that happen when you miss your moment of blessing. Number one, your enemies will surround you. If you miss your moment of blessing, see, that's why it's so critical that uh, when God speaks something, it's important that we embrace it. Uh, because if you miss your moment of blessing, he's showing them that uh, your enemies will surround you if you miss your moment. So notice this. They were powerful. Uh, they were powerful. Uh, they had filled the earth. But yet in their power, they did not change their atmosphere. God had to break them out of that. But still... Although they broke out, they did not break through. Now, let me show you something here. Number one, come on, would you, would you uh, repeat after me? If I miss my blessing, if I miss my moment, my enemies will surround me. The second thing that will happen is that your children will pay the price for it. Oh, my gosh. Your children will pay the price for you missing it not only affects you, but it affects your generation, a generation that's coming after you. And the Bible tells us very clearly that that's exactly what happened, that there was a king that grew up that did not know Joseph and what he had done for the country that he was leading. And as a result of that, the children began to pay a price for it. And, and, and so let me ask you this, is that how do you know if you're, you're on the verge of missing your moment? And I'm just going to give you a couple of things. When, when it talks about your church, your children will pay the price for it. When, when, you, when, you, when your children are raised and you say to them, church is an option, you're on the verge. Uh, let me give you another example. Well, how do you know if your kid gets up in the morning on a Sunday and they ask you, are we going to church today? You know you're heading in that direction. And dealing with a generation of children that have been raised with a godly experience in your life, uh, it, it produces benefits. But dealing with a generation who have not been raised with a godly influence in their lives, what happens is that they uh, become adults. They begin to hold offices. They uh, have seats of authority. But then in those seats of authority, we now want them to act differently. When you're raised with the people who've lost their passion and consecration for God, the parents become surrounded by enemies, and their children will pay the price for it. The reason that the children don't know what time it is is because of a generation that God had blessed. But then they began to be silent, and by being silent, they began to agree with the atmosphere that was containing them. It's important to recognize, then, that we can deal with what's on the inside to affect what's on the outside. But we cannot deal with what's on the outside until we first deal with what's on the inside. Let me say that again. We cannot deal with what's on the outside of the building until we deal with what's on the inside of the building first. You cannot deal with what's on the outside of your house until you deal with what is on the inside of your house first. Well, what do you mean? See, you cannot cast down any spirit that you agree with. 
So, so notice this. You can't deal with racism outside the building until you deal with racism inside the building. You cannot deal with poverty outside the building until you deal with poverty inside the building. The enemy comes not but to what? Kill and steal and destroy. So notice this. Hmm. Kill, steal, and destroy. Will a man rob God? Malachi, yes, you have robbed me in your tithes and your offerings. So notice this. You cannot, mm, you cannot experience the blessing of more than enough if you agree with the thief. No matter how good it looks right now, will a man, let me just throw this in here, and woman, and children rob God. Yes, you have robbed me in your what? And what? The thief comes not but to what? Therefore, you, when you do not, when you rob God, you are agreeing with the spirit that you're trying to overcome. Therefore, it's great to just come and say, oh, it felt good. See, because just because you are in worship does not mean that you experience worship. So, so, so what, what, what we recognize then is that mm, you cannot cast down a spirit that you agree with. Now, what, what has to happen? There has to be a change in the atmosphere. There has to be a change in the atmosphere. And, and, and when we recognize that then, that... Everything lives within an atmosphere. And what God did to the Egyptians and the Pharaoh, what he did is he sent plagues. And what he did is he created an environment and an atmosphere that was uncomfortable for them to live in. See, everything lives in an atmosphere. Depression lives in an atmosphere. So what you can do is you can close the drapes, you can put on sad music, and you can create an atmosphere where depression lives. But you can change the atmosphere by opening up the drapes, putting on some praise and worship, and the atmosphere is filled, which changes. See, a spirit is uncomfortable living when you change. And so what God did is he changed the atmosphere where the Egyptian of Pharaoh was uncomfortable living in. He brought a force. He brought plagues. Those plagues was his force. And then that force caused them to break out of the thing that was containing them. He changed the atmosphere. Now, when we recognize that then, is we recognize that light and sound has a way of changing the atmosphere. I mean, um, uh, uh, Brandon does a great job of creating an atmosphere uh, in our worship experience. Chris does an amazing job. Did you hear those drums this morning? Man, I go, oh my God, it sounds like we're in Smart Financial Center. And so what happens is that light and sound, it creates an atmosphere and, and it has a way of changing it. And so if the thief comes in to steal, if he comes in to rob the church of its sound, if it comes in and robs the church of its sound of victory, if it comes in and robs the church of its sound of prayer, just like a stadium when you hear sound, you may not have seen the play, but you can tell what was happening because of the sound. 
And can you tell if people start passing by a church and they can tell the sound of victory, they can tell the victory that's in our place because of the sound that is being released from that place. But the thief will try and rob you of your breath and the enemy can rob the church of its sound. It can rob the church of its victory. And so I declare to you today that God is staging a breakout. Whatever has contained you, whatever has limited you, that God is positioning a moment where everything you need is present and that everything that hinders you is absent. That God is staging a moment for breakout. And as we recognize that, uh, we can recognize then that Jesus began to set the stage when he was crucified. When he was crucified, that the Bible tells us that he was raised up and when he was raised up, he showed himself to different people in different places. He showed himself to his disciples. He showed himself to the multitudes. And as he showed uh, himself in different places, that if you crucified him as the Jews had crucified him or the, or the Romans had, had crucified him, um, you know how frustrated they, they were? Because they wanted to say, hey, he was crucified. Somebody stole his body. But if he kept showing up in different places alive, then they couldn't make that declaration. And so Jesus comes to a group uh, of his disciples. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, around verse 6, I believe, it talks about how 500 that he had shown himself to. And, and he showed himself to his disciples as well. And, and, or his apostles as well. And, and the amazing thing about that is that he says to them, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to wait. And, and, and what you're waiting for is that you're going to wait on a spirit. And, and, and there is something that needs to happen because there is a generation that we're living in that is trying to confine what God wants for heaven and earth to come into a destiny moment. And he says, so I want you to wait, and I want you to wait, and I want you to wait. And as you wait, the Spirit will come, and you will be endued with power, dunamis, a force that will cause you not only to break out today, not only to break out at that moment, but a force that can cause you to break out if you create an atmosphere that will make the enemy uncomfortable to live within. And so he says that... Uh, you're going to receive power. And the Bible says that there came a rushing mighty wind. And what God was doing is he was putting his breath back into the church. And the Bible says that they all, it fell on all of them and they came out with, with cloven tongues of fire. And God was putting the fire, the passion back. And as they came out of that place who was once afraid, who were hiding from the Romans, as they came out of that place, they came out because there was a force of power that came on the inside of them. And as they walked out, they knew that what had confined them, the limitations that were around them, were no longer a part of their life. But they had been given power and that God had given them a perpetual power to break out of any limitation that the enemy had placed on them. And he said these words here. He says that if you won't cry out, if you won't praise me, if you won't release a sound, I'm going to change the atmosphere in the earth. If you won't do it, then I've got some rocks that will cry out. And these rocks will praise me. And although you may not, the atmosphere will still change. But I'm inviting you to be a part of a sound that can come from a place 
that will declare a victory. And everybody that passes by, everybody that passes down your street, that they will hear the sound and they'll know what the sound means. And it means that there's joy, there's victory, there's peace, there's grace, there's favor, there's mercy in my house. That's favor, peace, joy in the church. There's a victory in the church. Why? It's because the victory belongs to Jesus. 